A very good morning to everyone. Happy International Women's Day. To mark International Women's Day, the NFP wishes to acknowledge women that have gone through the NFP ranks over the years. NFP has supported women in all spheres of life, economic, social, cultural, and political. In the 2022 parliamentary elections, women, eight women contested Two out of five MPs currently serving in Parliament under the NFP banner are women. In the past, some strong women leaders have come through the National Federation Party. Professional women contributed and participated in elections. To name a few, the late Dr. Mirdala Sainath Prasad, Manju Verma, Director of Social Welfare, Savitri Chauhan, high school principal, Vasundra Kumar, former permanent secretary, Edi Nambalurua, a lecturer at the FNU, and Fe Volatambu, chief executive of the National Council of Women. Our history, or the NFP's history, speaks volumes about women's participation. A lone woman who featured in political uh, the, in the political arena from the 60s to the 80s was none other than the late Mrs. Irene Jane who contested six consecutive elections and won them all. She also rose in the <coughs> NFP to become the deputy leader of the NFP, uh, the longest serving party in our country, and the first female president of a political party. Women have also participated in the elections and had a record number and we had a record number of women featuring in the 1996 municipal elections namely Milia Tong who became rose to became to become mayor of Nandi Anita Narayan who also became deputy mayor in Ba and many others I stand in that line also as an elected member of Suva City Council some decades ago our party is currently ably administered and led by our first female general secretary, Ms. Saini Nambo. This morning, we have Saini with us, and she is willing to share her experiences and her journey with us. Good morning, Saini. Good morning, Priscilla. How are you feeling this morning? Feeling great. Happy Women's Day. And to you also. I met Saini in 2014, hmm. and I saw a bright-eyed young woman uh, joining the NFP, and it looked very promising. Um, so I have a set of questions for Saini, which um, I hope will explain her journey with us. What made you join politics, Saini? Uh, that's a great question, Pris. Uh, and to be very honest, uh, politics was never something that I had aspired to as a young woman. Uh, in my, wo my work life, I had been around uh, political operators, whether that was, you know, um, at the Pacific Islands Forum or at the UN General Assembly. Or, but I never had that inclination to actually be a politician from a, from a young age. Um, and the, the, uh, in fact, uh, my journey with NFP, I was um, a, a female uh, lobbied me to join uh, the National Federation Party. She's no longer with us. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm grateful uh, that she did because I had always 
in my formative years wondered about the National Federation Party. You, I grew up with the Alliance Party first and foremost in my frame because my uh, maternal grandfather was an Alliance person. But there's always been that NFP always um, in the periphery of what I knew about politics, which was very little. And so I have not looked back from making that decision to join NFP. I've learned so much. Uh, and I continue to learn a lot, especially from uh, our elders. And I credit a lot of that also to you, Pris, because you were one of Thank those you. really uh, key mentors who, who used to pass on um, wise advice, especially for somebody stepping into politics, having no idea how to campaign. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm grateful for that. So I want to acknowledge you also, Pris, today. Thank you. Thank you. But why the NFP, Saini? There were so many other parties. Why the NFP? I think when I stepped back and look, looked at it, <clears throat> the NFP has been there from uh, independence. And for uh, somebody bought, uh, born in the 70s, that was always my political frame, independence. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like, wow, uh, they've been here for a very long time. They've had very um, strong political operators, mostly men. And, and of course, Mrs. I uh, Irene Jane Ryan. Mm -hmm. uh, she was a very, she came out very strong in the public, uh, you know, media reports and all mm. that. Um, and you know, she had her own style of campaigning, she right? She did. While the men would sit around the grog bowl and talk to the men, she would move into the kitchens and talk to people, uh, to, to women who were preparing the meals, the drinks, the tea and all that. And so she made some very personal approaches to, uh, to her style of campaigning. Right to get those numbers. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, there's a lot we, and so it was always, I mean, it was not something that like, ooh, who's, it was like, oh, okay. And so um, that was part of a curiosity as well as like, okay, let, let, let me see what I can get out of this journey. And I have not looked back from that. Yes, you definitely haven't. Uh, what are your challenges being in the party hierarchy and holding, uh, a key position, if not the most important position in the NFP, and that is of the General Secretary? Well, uh, my job is to be unpopular. That's, that's the bottom line. I have uh, and to make sure that the party, ever since I walked in through the gate, I've always <clears throat> learned that from everybody who I engage with, the party comes first, the party comes first. So I make sure that we are accountable to the AGM, we are accountable also to the working committee, to the management board. We have other accountabilities that we need to um, make sure we're on top of, to the elections office, uh, as draconian uh, as those laws are. Hopefully now that we're in the coalition government, those, some of those things can change. Mm -hmm. um, and, and also to make sure that there are the high standards for which the, NS the NFP is known for is maintained, if not bettered. And so that's a lot of times I come across as very unfiltered, but that's just the way it is. I'm doing my job. Good for you. And what about the challenges? Are there many challenges that you are facing? Because there is this perception out there that this is a male-dominated party. Uh, and some of us who are in the party know that uh, we have made uh, definite inroads and we were successful uh, in terms of influencing policy. Right. So... Uh, you know, would you like to speak about that? Sure. Um, as, as a woman, of course, it's challenging because when you walk into a place where there are more 
men gathered around talking about policy or ideas, of course, your natural reaction is going to be, ooh. Uh, so here first, it's like, okay. I'm stepping in. I'm going to have a conversation. I won't be overbearing and uh, condescending. Uh, but there are some uh, nuances of professionalism in how you approach these things. Um, whether it's an informal discussion around the grog ball or around a cup, 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 cup of tea. I think we all know that we don't go barging in with our demands. I come from an activist background as well, but there is a way with which we can put across our concerns, sometimes gentle, sometimes unfiltered. Um, and when you are able, uh, when you've earned your stripes, when you are respected, that you know that you can have uh, frank conversations, even tactical conversations. I think I think um, that augurs well for for you as a woman. But I think it's all in your personal approach. Yes, yes. I still remember those days when I used to attend NFP meetings and rallies and conventions where mm -hmm. there were very few women, and on many occasions I was the only woman, but uh, was not deterred. Uh, continue to do what I needed to do yep. and press on regardless. Which leads me to my third question, or my fourth question rather. How do you see the women in politics participation going ahead with younger women? Because mm. there is this perception that, you know, this is, a, uh, politics is an arena for just older women or established women. Mm -hmm. uh, how do women, younger women, come into this space? Before I answer that, um, Chris, I think um, what a lot of women also don't realize is that uh, the NFP had also had very strong women in the past. And I think we talked about this last week, about the first ever uh, march of women, thousands of Indo-Fijian women in Bar, who took to the streets in a, in a peaceful protest to, uh, to, to raise this issue about um, crime. Violence against and, yeah, women and crime. And crime. And uh, I don't think that... Um, that standard has ever been matched since then at a political level when mm -hmm. political parties just mm -hmm. rally women. So that's one standard that we have to aspire to. Now for young women who want to get into this space, look, I know that in this um, era of social media and uh, comparisons, uh, it's very easy to have a point of view about something. But it's not until you step into this ring of, of politics and align yourself uh, with a political party that you understand the rules of the game. Mm -hmm. What happens at the national level in um, national politics, in cabinet, is kind of a reflection of the hierarchy, the, um, um, the protocols of how you make your views known in a political party. And you won't... So I would encourage young women, please join a political party. Get to understand the nuances. You may be a, a member of um, uh, Young Women's Christian Association or your, your community group or your church group. Uh, this is an extension of that where you uh, can have political views. In fact, a lot of, if there's a, a thought out there among women that it's almost... Um, a crime to have a political view, please banish that thought today on IWD 2023 <laughs> because it's perfectly okay to have a political view, it's perfectly okay to have a political hat. But it's the personal is political. Correct. And so I would encourage young women to, to, to 
you know, get involved in politics, try and understand the nuances, the rules of the game, your party constitution, and how that you can um, add to your political party of choice, as well as learn from it. This is a journey. Uh, it's not, you know, you come into one day and things are going to happen in five minutes. No, you have to stick at it for a long time. Uh, and then when you um, get uh, your respect, um, you're able to move far more and advocate for other women to also come and sit at the table. Thank you, Saini. Um, in 2021, um, in honor of IWD, the party leader, now Deputy Prime Minister, uh, Professor Biman Prasad, mm -hmm. advocated that we need to get back to this um, uh, call by the you know, UN 1995 commitment of 30% representation. Um, how do you see the NFP working towards achieving this 33%? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, in, in my personal view, it would be 50% really. We shouldn't even be talking about 33. We should be looking at 50% representation, mm -hmm. seeing that, you know, women are half the population of the country. Uh, what, how would you work towards achieving this? Well, I think, Pris, uh, if I uh, could just read, um, let's start with the, so we had that commitment by, made by the Fiji government of 30% of mm -hmm. women's representation. 2014, after those elections, we had 16% of female representation. After the 2018 um, uh, 18 elections, it grew to 19.6%. Then after the recent 2022 elections, it um, fell back down to 10.9%. So um, I was impressed that with these plunging figures, it was not lost on the, our now uh, Prime Minister, uh, mm. Mr. Siniveti, Sitveni Rambuka, when we had um, some uh, inter-party consultations, you know, shortly after the election results came out. So I was impressed that those falling numbers were not lost on a man. And then it was also backed up by the Speaker when he took the chair and made his introductory remarks. Mm. He also saw that trend and he said that that, that work needed to be done. So I think now in light of those results, we need to, and I'm happy that we uh, have, have um, an inroad through the coalition government to actively and advocate for temporary special measures. This is not permanent, mm -hmm. but we've been dwindling below 20%. Yes. That's not good enough in 2023. Um, I'm also very encouraged by uh, the Deputy Prime Minister's lineup of women in his tech, um, fiscal review committee. Yes, that was very impressive. Very impressive. Yes. Out of 14, five of them were women, yes. uh, 35%, yes. if you want to talk percentages. But mm -hmm. I think, and these are no ordinary women. Mm -hmm. These are all women who are experts in their own field, and I'm pretty sure they can hold their own at that table on all our behalves. Mm -hmm. So that's a plus, but it's work in progress. Yes, yes, and I see that... Uh, there is encouragement also around having more women on boards uh, where, you know, decision-making is as important. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we encourage women on this day mm -hmm. to uh, put in your applications if you haven't, uh, because, you know, we're 
about getting you into those decision-making spaces. Yeah, absolutely, Pris. And I also yeah. want to mention that for other women, wherever you are in a position of influence, whether it's in a village uh, group or at a, in an organization, try and have a personal uh, target. Advocate for one woman who you know would serve best. Yes. If we can all do that, as we are very powerful as women. I don't need to tell us but we have to harness our energies together to advocate for each other because when you lift someone else up, even one person, one woman in a year, they're going to be advocating for other voices of ours as well. Which brings me to the question, Saini, also. Uh, why do you think we have this situation, uh, not only here, but I think in a worldwide, but more prevalent here, mm. uh, of women not voting for women? Uh, we have... Um, we have uh, workshops, we have uh, training sessions, we have um, a whole lot of um, education and awareness going out there, going on. But when it comes to actually women voting for women, mm. we seem to have uh, a certain level of hesitation uh, in saying that, okay, well, we, we should vote her in and um, possibly make her the prime minister someday. Uh, we must, women are still hes hesitant. Mm. Why do you think that is so? I, for one, I, w I would think I would put it down to the electoral system that we have. The previous government operated under this cult figure of this one person uh, being the, the political figurehead, and that was Mr. Bainimarama for a very long time. That's something that we have to crush, that it's not about one person, any government will need to talk and be made up of many different voices, including women. Um, so that's, for me, first of all, the, the electoral system. Secondly, the, the glitch. The glitch happened. We all know this. Yes. Uh, and I'm so thankful that the Attorney General has made it known in Parliament that this is something that the government is going to be looking at for an audit, uh, of a, a forensic audit of the IT systems, and hopefully also the processes. We need to understand the baseline of the numbers. We need to be confident about those numbers before then we can actually say, oh, yes, women don't vote for women. Yes, there is that prevailing attitude. Um, that just points to the fact that we need, there's a lot more work for us women to do. Uh, and looking at the electoral processes, uh, the laws, uh, and making sure that, um, you know, I think I've heard that the government has made an announcement that local government elections is coming up. Mm -hmm. So those mm -hmm. kinds of stepping stones into national leadership, yes. we need to look at very carefully and make sure that we get uh, the best of our women. Uh, and the best is everywhere. It's not only in the urban centers, they're in the rural areas, there are farmers, women in the markets. We need those voices advocating. I have personally come across a lot of younger women that are interested, but they don't know where to start. Right. And um, I have been a, an advocate for local government you for have. many years. Yes. So, you know, I would encourage younger women to please um, sharpen their teeth mm -hmm. uh, to get ready for the uh, uh, local government elections, which I... I also hear is around the corner and we, we need to start working towards that. Mm -hmm. um, so given all of that um, that you're uh, entrusted with <laughs> as the General Secretary of the National Federation Party, Saini, how do you see uh, women featuring in the party's future plans? Um, I, I don't think the, the levels of where we are today, I mean, uh, we are 
uh, will go backwards. It it must only improve, and so the three big events that are happening for the party this year um, is our 60th anniversary. Uh, the NFP is the only party, I think, the oldest. In, the oldest in the region, in Fiji and the region, who can celebrate 60 years of being in formation and for advocating right from back then, you know, key uh, political asks. So we have that to be proud of. I think we are, are gathering to, to organize uh, a, a big event around that. Of course, women are going to feature there. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also have uh, um, the local government elections that will take a bit of our uh, effort and time uh, dedicating uh, making sure that we ready uh, the appropriate people, that we understand the laws. Mm -hmm. For 16 years, we have not had a local government election. What do the boundaries look like? What do the wards look like? What do the vote ratepayers numbers look like? There's a lot of work needed there as well. Mm -hmm. and, and the review of the Local Government Act. Yes. Which uh, had been promised, but has not happened. Was in the pipeline for a very long time. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> That's going to change. Um, and then our third uh, is, of course, our inter-party relations. Um, when we're now in the part of the coalition government at the back end, there's a lot of, at the party level, toing and froing, discussions, consultations, negotiations that, happening, that are happening also. So we, we can, those are three big areas in, uh, that I would like more women to be involved in, if, mm -hmm. if at all possible. Uh, well, that's certainly going to be a goal, a personal goal of mine, of course. Okay. So to round things off, uh, Saini, what would your um, parting message be to women um, who are aspiring to join the party and also um, for International Women's Day? What, is, what would be your parting message? I think... Um, um I have a few messages. So the first one would be, if you're thinking about it, do it. Today, take the first step. Find out about the party that in interests you. Find out about how to join. Find out about the things that they promote, uh, which may be you know, things that you, you as, a, as an individual woman, are also uh, keen uh, to, to, to advocate. Join a political party. And secondly, uh, um, as I said, um, uh, before, women, wherever we are in our various spheres, have a goal to promote one woman in a mm. year. Start mm. there, and then that's we can we can get somewhere. Whether you you elevate that somebody should be your advocate at the Bosewakoro, um, uh, um, your village meeting, that's a good start. I mean, I know some, many villages have women's wings, but we want them to be having a voice at the main mainstream. mainstream. And the third one is that there are a lot of professional women also. Mm -hmm. And I experienced that during the campaign where a lot of, I'm very grateful to, to women who invested in me, whether that was their prayers, their resources, their time, uh, their guidance. I'm very appreciative of that. And for those who do have the means professionally, invest in other women. Mm -hmm. Economically is where the power is going to be made. Yes. And yeah, that's my message. Thanks, Bruce. Okay. Uh, what, what, uh, what message do you have for women who are older women? Um, you know, we find um, 
many times we uh, well, I get to hear this a lot of times mm. that you know we're uh, we're much older now and so we should make way and we're not revel- relevant anymore <laughs> so what what message do you have for the older women you've spoken about the younger ones what about the older women who have now reached their 60s and are going into retirement what what have you got to say to them uh, you know I I don't really want to write them off because I and I don't want to be held in contempt of court, but we had that case about the birth certificate. Yes. And it warmed my heart that we, most of the women in that group were above 50. And I felt stronger just because of them, because they'd been through the, the mill before, they've advocated on so many other issues. You know, we have people like um, um, Bernadette uh, Rounds Nganilao, we had Mrs. Ngalo, we had on the... Um, Tonganivalu, um, uh, you, um, and that th- that group of of us women, I think, was so. I know that our elderly women are there, and I th- and I think that in political spaces we need to make sure that we draw them back in to mentor other women. The things that you know, if if we had Mrs. I.J. Irene Jane Ryan around today, man, the things we could learn from her. Yes. But while we do have our elderly women, I, I would really like to advocate that these uh, women who have been through politics, who have served their time in you know, national politics, local government, rural uh, community groups, that their voices must also be made because there's, there's no um, taking away from wisdom of experience. And I think that that's, that's why you and I are very close also. Thank you, Saini, uh, for that very candid, uh, you know, uh, interview with you. And uh, uh, I would like to now uh, wish everyone out there that's watching uh, a very happy International Women's Day. And now we will take some questions, if there are any. Um, I will open the floor now to some questions. All good? Okay, so thank you for your time. Thank you for your um, participation this morning. And we look forward to future episodes of this kind. Thank you so much. Naka.